Welcome to the Patricia Raskin Show, the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions. And now, the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio. Here's your host, Patricia Raskin. Hi, everyone, and welcome. Welcome to the Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show, right here on voiceamerica.com, America's Voice. This is the program that shows you how to turn your obstacles into opportunities, and we interview the best of the best, and today is no exception. My guest is Dr. Barry Weinhold, and today we're talking about couples and conflict resolution between couples, and Barry Weinhold is an amazing and prolific writer. He's written and published over 41 books since 1978, and now he has now published about 60 or over 70 books. He's a professor emeritus at University of Colorado in Colorado Springs, a licensed psychologist and co-director of the Carolina Institute for Conflict Resolution and Creative Leadership, and his website is wineholds.org. And he has many books, as I said, he condolences with consults with many individuals on Skype and conducts intensive therapy sessions as well. Barry's newest book among the many is Intimate Combat, Conflict Resolution Skills for Couples. Welcome, Barry. Thank you, Patricia. One correction, it's no longer the Carolina Institute for Conflict Resolution and Creative Leadership. It's the Colorado Institute. Uh, That's right. If that's on somebody's website or somewhere, I ought to correct that. Uh, We used to have it in Carolina when we lived in Asheville, but now we're back in Colorado Springs. Okay, great. All right, so, you know, you write about um, the reason why people have trouble resolving conflicts. So you have two main reasons. What are they? Well, uh, the main reason is that people don't understand that conflict that they're having now is very much a, a result of some unresolved conflict from the past. Mm-hmm. I mean, the natural learning style of human beings is to repeat anything that we didn't get resolved in our past mm-hmm. in the present. So if mm-hmm. we have a conflict that's in the present, it looks like a current conflict, but it likely has roots into some past unresolved conflict, then if you don't know that, it can make it more difficult to resolve it. And then the Mm -hmm. second reason is that people who uh, have conflict don't have good skills. Mm -hmm. uh, When I I give talks in groups, I often ask, how many people have ever uh, witnessed or participated in a conflict resolution where both sides won? where there mm-hmm. was a win-win, and hardly any hands go up. Really? It's, it's really a, a, still a unique uh, um, phenomenon. I mean, people, but, when they're involved in conflict, they usually think about there's going to be a loser, a winner, and a loser. Right. And, and yet, Barry, the steps to conflict resolution are not difficult, right? It's a matter of listening to each side and trying to brainstorm on solutions. I mean, it's not a difficult process. Now, it, it doesn't have to be, and what complicates it what, is what I just said, is that people are often in dealing with the current conflict plus the bleed-through from any unresolved conflict from the past, and it complicates the whole process. And so it's hard for people to listen to each other in those kind of situations, and when you're not listening very well, <laughs> it's very difficult to resolve a conflict. Let's talk about that, Barry. Talk about listening skills. Why is it so hard to listen, and what and what makes it effective in terms of why well, is it, it hard, and what can we do? The reason it's so hard is that uh, if we're uh, in the midst of a conflict that brings up feelings from an unresolved conflict in the past, we're trying to deal with whatever feelings are coming up inside of us and yet still stay attentive to the other person and listening to what they're saying, what they're saying. But often we don't listen and we pay attention to our inner conflict, the inner feelings that are boiling up around this conflict, and that becomes what we pay attention to and actually what we act upon. And so, uh, I mean, I've we've counseled hundreds of couples who've come to us with unresolved conflict. 
And often it was people who had absolutely exhausted all other options. We were the last resort before they went down to sign the divorce papers. And somebody said, why don't you talk to Barry and Janae, my wife, who we did co-counseling with on couples, uh, before you do that. And uh, so people would come to us, and uh, within an hour and a half, we were able to show the couple what the real conflict was, not the one they thought they were dealing with. And, and we developed a process, a diagnostic process with couples that was highly effective. So within an hour and a half, they knew that the conflict that they brought was not the real conflict they were dealing with. Now they had the, the real conflict, and what they needed then were some skills to deal with the real conflict. And so then we would maybe take another three sessions to teach them. We'd send them home with worksheets where they could practice these skills on their own, and then they'd come back and report their success or their problems with it, and then we'd help them with that until finally they could go and do this on their own without our help. So within a very short amount of time, we took couples who were totally at the at the end of the rope in terms of mm. their marriage, and and many of those people are still married today. Really? Yeah. Really. So, so Barry, then are you saying that it was just really a matter of teaching them how to listen effectively? I mean, certainly they had to understand what their triggers were. But was that a lot of it, was just teaching them the skill that they didn't have? Well, a lot of people know how to listen, but they don't know how to listen intently and right. and, and actively. So, yes, there was some skill training uh, that we had to do, but very little. Once we had people and we instructed them, and actually the, the diagnostic process we used was mostly nonverbal. So it wasn't listening to what other people were saying. It was just paying attention to what's going on inside of you mm-hmm. and seeing what is happening in the dynamic between you and the other person. What we ask people to do is to sculpt the conflict where they hit the wall, where they have mm-hmm. not been able to resolve the most, the most recurrent conflict in their, in their marriage. And then each person took a turn at sculpting that. So the sculptor would then sculpt himself or herself and then sculpt his or her partner as he perceived them in the middle of the midst of this conflict. And sometimes it would be the, the um, uh, person who was sculpting would get up on a chair with a finger pointed down to the, the person on the floor practically. Uh, mm. Or other times it was just simply uh, a, uh, um, seeing the other person as somebody totally closed off so they would sculpt them as having their arms crossed looking down or looking away or turning away so Mm -hmm. that they would never even be able to make eye contact with them. And so we sculpted that for each couple and each person, as I said, had a turn doing this. And then we would ask Mm -hmm. the person uh, to close their eyes and think about when they felt the way they're feeling right now. Hmm. And say, well, when I was four years old, yeah. I had conflict yeah. with so-and-so, and I felt the same way then as I feel now. And so we yeah. knew we were dealing with an inner four-year-old that had unresolved conflict. Barry, I yeah. have a question around this, uh, this really important okay. question. So here's here's my question. Is it normal, and I, well, I mean, what's normal today, right? But is it yeah. is it normal for couples to have those sort of older wounds that they're working out together? I mean, is it, or is it not? Is it, should you be picking somebody who doesn't have that wound that brings it up for you? What do you think about that, Barry? Well, in my experience, every couple that I've ever worked with had that problem. Okay. I mean, it's just, I can only speak from my experience. And that, that, and these were people, of course, who had unresolved conflict. So it, obviously other people who are able to resolve their conflict didn't come to see me. So I can't generalize mm-hmm. it and just generalize mm-hmm. it in terms of the couples that I saw. Every one of them had unresolved conflict, from their, often from their early mm-hmm. childhood. Mm-hmm. Now, 
And the reason why it would be showing up now was when it happened, it happened in their closest relationships their, with yes. their parents or maybe yes. a sibling. Yes. And so it would be natural then that it would show up again in their closest yes. relationship with adults. It's, 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 there's an um, obvious reason why that happens. But, you know, but I guess and maybe my question is more of an esoteric question. But why would we pick somebody that way? Why wouldn't we pick somebody who's already <laughs> got that resolved so we don't have to look at it? Well, unconsciously, I think we pick people who we think is going to help our, is going to help us resolve those unresolved conflicts. Interesting. Even though it's but painful to go through. Even though we're not even aware of it, we pick people. I mean, I've seen so many couples whose processes are complementary, and and in such a way that you would think that there was some divine intervention that brought the two of them together. <laughs> mm. Mm. A perfect match, but but of course. It was perfect in the sense that it was making it difficult for them to resolve the conflict because they didn't understand that what mm. they were trying to resolve wasn't just the current conflict. Mm. Yeah, I mean, this speaks to me. I mean, I really, I really hear this, and I guess the question was, and I know it's kind of evading it, but it, wouldn't it be easier to just pick somebody who's got that resolved so you don't have, yeah, to, you don't have to dig it up? It would, but unfortunately... What we do is, uh, and obviously a lot of our behavior, like 95% of our behavior is controlled by our unconscious uh, mm-hmm. thoughts, beliefs, and experiences that we're not even aware of. Um, and so, yeah. I if, see. If we were, and so what you're saying is you always want, somewhere in there, your unconscious self wants to resolve this. Is that what absolutely. you're saying? Absolutely. That's a natural learning style of human beings. They want to resolve everything that was left unresolved. And so mm-hmm. their whole being is driven towards that. It's, I mean, uh, when people have conflict, they think, oh, God, there's something wrong with our marriage. Right. And I say, usually when they tell me that, I say, well, congratulations. Because that conflict had been there from the very time, first time you met. But now the relationship is close enough and safe enough for it to come to the surface. It Very means that the relationship has gotten closer and safer for this to happen. Interesting. Even though, even me. though it's painful, Barry. Even though it's painful yeah. and difficult. Interesting. Well, pain, but then uh, relationships, I think, the most powerful crucible for resolving anything from our past that we didn't get resolved at that point, for whatever reason, and and again. We, I have to rely on the scientific information that says that human beings will repeat anything that was not resolved earlier in their life until they get it resolved. Interesting. But what about those couples, right, that just go through life and it's vanilla? They get along. There's no, they don't. There's no growth in that relationship. In yep. order to have growth in a relationship, you have to have conflict. Yep. Yep. What do they say? There's no, there's no, there's no comfort in the growth zone, and there's no growth in the comfort zone. Exactly. Yeah. You got it. Yeah. You nailed it. Yep. Yep. And so, any couple who has conflict, I always say, well, congratulations, because that means your relationship is ready to grow. Yeah. Fascinating. That is just fascinating. Truly. Um, all right. Well, we're going to, in a minute, in a couple minutes, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about this book provides numerous self-assessment exercises with step-by-step worksheets to help couples and others resolve four different types of conflict. And Barry, when we come back, is going to talk about the four different types, which is a conflict of wants and needs, a conflict of values and beliefs, repeated conflicts with no resolution, and betrayal conflicts. And so we'll talk about that in the next segment. And Barry, I know that you work with people um, individually, with couples, you work in groups. How can people find you if they want more information about your book and and your book being Intimate Combat, Conflict Resolution Skills for Couples, and your work? Well, uh, the best place is my website, uh, which is www.com. Weinhold, the plural by name, W-E-I-N-H-O-L-D-S dot O-R-G. Okay, great. 
All right. So again, and the book is brand new. Again, it's Intimate Combat, Conflict Resolutions, Skills for Couples. You're listening to the Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show right here on voiceamerica.com, America's Voice. And stay tuned. We'll be right back with Dr. Barry Weinhold. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. A brave heart is anyone with the courage to be of service to others. If you have that courage, then Bravehearts Radio with Brian Reinbold is for you. Even if you aren't yet, you'll want to still tune in to get inspired, create your own story to share, and change your life for the better. Listen to the stories of service and courage shared by amazing guests and your input, too. Listen for Bravehearts Radio, Mondays at 4 p.m. Eastern Time and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Remember, doing good anywhere does good everywhere. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Tune in every week for Voices for the New Age with Juno Botan and Steve Sokolow. If you're looking for cutting-edge ways to improve your well-being as well as explore personal growth and empowerment, you won't want to miss a single episode of this show. Along with guests from different professions, such as authors, healers, and much more, you'll get an exclusive astrological forecast from Juna and wise leadership tips from Steve. Listen Wednesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Variety. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to The Patricia Raskin Show. If you wish to call into our program today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That number again is 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Patricia at PatriciaRaskin.com. Now, back to The Patricia Raskin Show. Hi, everyone. We are back. We are talking to Dr. Barry Weinhold, who is a prolific writer. He's written over 70 books um, since 1978. He's a professor emeritus at the University of Colorado, Colorado Springs, and a licensed psychologist. And um, you can his website is weinholds.org. And we're talking about Barry's newest book, Intimate Combat, Conflict Resolution Skills for Couples. Welcome back, Barry. Thank you, okay. Patricia. All right. Let's talk about um, these four type, types of conflicts. So I'm going to go through each one and have you explain them. So the well, first me, conflict be, is the conflict of wants and needs. Well, just before we do that, Patricia, yeah. could I go back and just give a little history about how we researched these four types? Sure. And then I can sure. add each one. Uh, we sure. back we started we we formed a nonprofit institute called the Colorado Institute for Conflict Resolution and Creative Leadership back in 1987, and we held two international conferences, and we brought together all of the leading experts in the world. We had four or five people from other countries and and all the states involved, and and so we we. When we brought them here, they, of course, did presentations, but on the side, our, our real goal was to interview each of them and find out what was the approach that worked the best for them and where did they see that the field needed some help because they didn't know anything how to resolve conflicts. Well, everyone knew how to resolve conflicts of wants and needs. That was an easy one. When it came to values and beliefs, people had no idea these were the leading experts in the world. And they, they said, well, gee, when we get to that, we just don't know what to do. And, and we've tried a lot of things, but it, it, it's uh, too complex. We, we haven't figured it out. 
And and so then we knew that was an area we needed to focus on. So we have. We fo- and then we also said, well, what do you do when people get into a lot of intense feelings in the, in a conflict? Well, we say we just tell them to calm down. <laughs> and I, I said, well, there got to be some other uh, ways that you can do with that. But anyway, the long story short, we gathered a lot of good information from all of these experts, and we knew what we had to focus on. So we focused on helping people. Uh, we did develop our own approach, slightly different from others. We took the best of what, the best, and then we looked at how we can improve upon it in terms of helping people resolve conflicts of wants and needs. And then we tried to figure out how we could develop something that would help people who have conflicts of values and beliefs. And the difference between those two is that a conflict of wants and needs usually is one where there's a tangible consequence. You know, the the usual example is that if um, a uh, teenager is um, not picking up his room and... uh, uh, the mother comes in and finds there's food laying there and there's ants. That's a consequence. So that's a, then a, a conflict of wants and needs that she needs him to clean up his room and not leave food in the room. And so they'd have to use a, a technique that we developed on how to resolve that kind of conflict. However, if he doesn't clean up his room and he, there's food there, but there's no ants or no, no, no reason to, there's no basic uh, logical consequence to him not cleaning his room for his mom, well, then it's a conflict of values and beliefs. He values a certain level of cleanliness that's different from hers. And so it then requires a different set of skills to resolve mm-hmm. that kind of conflict. So you can mm-hmm. see where one conflict can have a number of different uh, mm-hmm. avenues which it could be it, where it could go to be resolved. And then the the third conflict was another one we looked at is that we said, well, what do, we, what do you do with couples and others who just keep having the same old, same old conflict and don't get through it? And yeah. they said, boy, we have no idea about that. Well, we realized that uh, eventually in our study that uh, the reason why they couldn't get through it was the fact that they were missing the piece, the unresolved piece from the past that I just so, spoke about. And mm-hmm. so we put that in and we developed techniques for helping people identify any unresolved conflicts that might be connected to their current conflict, even before they tried to resolve the current one, and then mm-hmm. to try to do something to resolve that before they tur- mm-hmm. turn to the, the current one. And then mm-hmm. finally... Uh, we didn't even talk about this very much, but over the years in seeing couples and other clients, uh, the term betrayal came to the surface so many times in, in conflicts between in relationships, people feeling betrayed by their partner. Sometimes it was a sexual betrayal, they had an affair, or it can be other forms of betrayal where they just simply uh, found that, that they're partner was not trustworthy, because that's what betrayal is. It's a betrayal of trust in a relationship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so we developed techniques for helping people resolve that kind of conflict. Right. So in, and, and, in and, essence, Barry, and Barry, it doesn't have to be, betrayal doesn't have to be sexual betrayal. It can no, be it lying, it can be the many other kinds, right? I mean, Absolutely. people think of that as an affair, but it doesn't have uh-huh. to be that. Well, in the book, I talk about all the different kinds of betrayal that are non-sexual, and, and I think it'll open some eyes because some people don't even realize that they're being involved in a betrayal situation uh, that they didn't even identify because it wasn't sexual. <laughs> mm. So yeah. they just feel like a lack of trust with their partner, and they don't know why. So, so yeah. Barry, what do you see with these four? The conflict of wants and needs, the conflict of values and beliefs, the conflict with no resolution, and betrayal conflict. Do people go back and forth between all of them, or which is the most common? Well, the most common is wants and needs. And, and uh, we've developed uh, a, a worksheet that you can uh, actually, in the book, you can just... Um, make a copy of the worksheet or and and then each one has a copy of it and you can just go through the steps uh, together one step at a time you go through step one together finish that then go to step two and step three until you finally have reached a resolution so they're mm-hmm. very practical 
what kind of worksheets. And in mm-hmm. fact, when we worked with couples in person, we would always send people home with these worksheets and have them practice you at know, home. You know, i got to ask you this because it just is coming up for me. This whole thing of conflict of values and beliefs. All right. So let's take a yep. couple that have been married a long time. It's a good marriage. And one is com- politically, one is completely to the left and the other is completely to the right. And it, right. How, do you, how do you get through that, Barry, in a relationship? Well, we've developed a, t- a, a tool, again, a worksheet for helping people resolve conflicts of wants and of, of values and beliefs that way. Now, it, it uh, does require people to uh, be willing to be open enough to discuss their differences and discuss mm-hmm. them uh, with, with some truth. And so in the process, uh, it also involves a, a lot of listening. And so one of the first rules in this worksheet, in this process of resolving conflicts of wants and beliefs, or values and beliefs, I'm sorry, is that you have to, um, if you state your position on an on a issue, maybe, again, you're a, a, a very conservative person, you state your, your value about certain conservative values. You can't, as the other person, you can't reply to that person until you have fed back to them exactly what you heard them say and get Mm -hmm. an agreement with them that that's what they meant to say. Mm -hmm. So, again, it requires very careful listening and Mm -hmm. a check on misperceptions because in values and beliefs we found that people can often hear one thing and it may mean one thing to one person but it uh, the other person misperceives it and jumps off the deep end on it and didn't really hear the whole thing in context the way it was meant so this is the one rule that helps that keeps that from happening and it also mm-hmm. then builds builds trust because usually when people state their values they expect to be criticized or challenged or something instead what you get back is 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 a kind of a support that says yeah yeah i understand i hear what you say and mm-hmm. and that then creates it lowers the temperature enough then start mm-hmm. people start to have trustful relationship to try to talk with each other in a in a sane and um and, and and very uh, uh, compassionate way with each other about why they believe the way they do. And what we found is that every belief that people have, whether it's political or social or religious or whatever, has some roots back in our childhood. So mm-hmm. we asked people, another question is, what happened to you as a child that might have caused you to have this belief? Mm-hmm. What kinds of were you told by other people in your family or your friends or the mm-hmm. neighbors or the community or at school that that might have contributed to you having this belief? And then also events that might have happened that, that kind of uh, crystallized this belief in you, some experience you had. And when people start to share at that level, it's amazing what happens. I mean, we've done demonstrations in front of groups using this tool, and we've we've often demonstrated the the group the issue that that actually polarized the group the most, and like abortion, or, or mm. We've, mm. it's one of the that's one of the big ones. Or it might be prayer in school, or it might be uh, corporal punishment, or it might be a lot of other value laden issues that people deal with in their relationships, but. In, in every case, we didn't necessarily come to some kind of resolution, but we came to an understanding of why the person believed the way they do. And that mm-hmm. then allowed for uh, that understanding to build some compassion toward them instead of hatred or, or distrust, because they now understood why that happened. I have a real... Uh, an example in my own relationship. When we first got married, turned out that uh, it was a time when I had time off from work, and I, I, I probably focused most of my time and energy on on just building the relationship. But then later on, uh, uh, after we were married a year or so, uh, I think I dropped back into my 
my busy routine at work, and I and my wife found out I was a sports enthusiast, and her former husband was too, and that's one thing she didn't like about him, and so it was oh it was uh, often uh, our conversations she would refer to him as a, a sports freak, and now I'm looking like the same kind of person, and she's lamenting that she married another sports freak. So we had a conflict about that. So we we had we used this tool, and what I was able to show her and tell her when I found, when I told her about my experiences as a teenager and how sports helped me uh, so much in in because I was bullied as a as a an eighth grader, mm. and I realized that the only people in my school who weren't bullied were members of sports teams, mm. and. So I worked my tail off to get good at basketball. That was my sport. And finally, in my in my sophomore year, I got uh, I was on the basketball team, and so I was never bullied again the rest of my high school because I lettered then in baseball and basketball. And and so I explained to her how much sports meant to me in terms of a, a safety and a protection against being bullied at school. And, and how much it in, improved my whole life at school by by having this. And when she understood that, she was much more compassionate about my my uh, interest in sports. She now understood why I was so interested in sports and why it was so important to me. And and so that conflict went away. She we also set up some things where if I wanted to watch something on television, I'd go to my own room or the the den where she wouldn't have to hear it because <laughs> mm. she didn't want to hear it. So, yeah. well, I, uh, I think what's, yeah, I think what's That's an example, here. a personal example of how a conflict that looks, you know, like an, a, 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 a polarized conflict. She hated people who were sports nuts and I was a sports nut. <laughs> and, yeah. and so yeah. we found yeah. that middle ground and once you understood by going through this process of yeah. why I was uh, the way I was about sports and why I had such a such a, a love of sports, mm-hmm. uh, and she understood and she had compassion. Yeah, I think that's so important. You know, and I'm hoping this is very helpful to people. I think just realizing why you're having conflict and something we were saying very off at break is that I think people who are generally happy together but they have conflicts often think there's something wrong with them. And there really isn't something wrong with them. What you're saying is that they're growing. I mean, that's what you said all along. Is it's you know, and and then I I said to you, yeah, and I said to you, well, what about the people that, you know, aren't fighting? They just go along. Everything works out. And you said they're not growing, which I think is, you know, is very true. So in the last segment that we're going to come up on next, going to talk about the four truths that couples and others need to do to resolve their conflicts. There are four of them, and Barry's going to explain them in depth. And again, um, this is an opportunity for you to learn something new about your life and experiences, particularly when you get triggered, right? And certainly the pandemic has put a lot of stress on everyone as we've had to cope with new challenges. So we'll talk about um, what couples can do to embrace their conflict and a little bit about how we can continue to handle uh, the new iterations of uh, COVID-19. My guest is Barry Weinhold, and he is a pro- prolific writer. He's also a PhD psychotherapist, and, um, and he's a, a, an also an amazing um, teacher and runs, several, runs an institute And what we do when we come back is have Barry share more about all of his work. Check out the website. And the website is The Wine Holds. Correct, Barry? TheWineHolds.org? Yeah, W-E-I-N-H-O-L-D-S dot org. All right. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show right here on VoiceAmerica.com, America's Voice. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Tune in every Friday to get your weekend kickoff early. Join the legendary G. Keith Alexander for What's Hot Harlem America. The flagship show of the new Harlem America Digital Network has something for everyone. 
From the latest in entertainment to empowerment, health and wellness, and more, we'll bring you a variety of fresh viewpoints, voices, and ideas. What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander can be heard every Friday at 1 p.m. in New York and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. Are you ready to be the one to change, to stand out from others and make a difference? Join Dr. Melissa L. Strasser for Counterbalance Conversations. You'll pick up the tools, the motivation, and the desire that you need to make sustainable changes in our world. It only takes one person to be that counterbalance. What if the counterbalance was an entire network of individuals? Think of the changes that we could make. Tune in every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time and 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to The Patricia Raskin Show. If you wish to call into our program today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That number again is 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Patricia at PatriciaRaskin.com. Now, back to The Patricia Raskin Show. Hi, everyone. We are back. You are listening to the Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show right here on VoiceAmerica.com, America's Voice. And my guest is Dr. Barry Weinhold, Ph.D., who is a prolific writer who's written over 70 books since 1978. He's a professor emeritus at the University of Colorado, Colorado Springs. He's a licensed psychologist. He works with individuals and couples on Skype and conducts therapy and intensives. And he also conducts workshops for the general public. And you can, again, you can log on to his website, Weinholds, W-E-I-N-H-O-L-D-S dot org. And, or you can contact him, BarryWeinhold at gmail.com. Welcome back, Barry. Well, thank you, Patricia. All right, let's go over these four truths that couples four and others need truth. to, right, that, for, that they need to embrace to resolve their conflicts. Yeah, go ahead. most don't know these things, and so the, and this is what we've discovered in working with hundreds of couples on conflict. Uh, that, and the first one I've mentioned already uh, is that the natural learning style of all human beings is to repeat anything that was not resolved in the past, and so uh, and we re- repeat it until it gets resolved. And so we need to know that any conflict that's happening in the currently in our relationship likely has some roots in some past unresolved conflict. And so we encourage people to start there. And in the book, there are worksheets that help people uh, go back and try to discover what might be the related past unresolved conflict. It's not that hard to find it. And and we've, we've developed a couple of different ways that uh, help people uh, have the aha, there it is, that's what it was, uh, kind of experiences. And so that's the first kind of essential truth, is to, to to recognize that whatever conflict you're in right now has some roots in an unresolved co- conflict from your past. And then doing some personal archaeology uh, to go back and see if you can connect the dots with what it was in the past that didn't get resolved and why it didn't get resolved. And usually why it didn't get resolved was either in the situation you had probably not as much power to do anything different, that either the the, the resolution was either imposed on you or in some way it left you with unresolved issues. And so often it's something you didn't get to say or that you didn't get to do in the in the conflict that you would have, if you'd have done those things and said those things, it might have gotten resolved for you. And the second one is, a second set of things that happen in those kind of 
early unresolved conflicts is that other people said and did things to you that hurt you in some way and left kind of a scar, an emotional scar. And so you need to find what that is. What was that emotional scar? And understand, if you can, uh, that this is this is probably uh, where it came from, and uh, the person who um, and understand that that person was doing it out of some kind of self protection. Probably they were just trying to uh, uh, win the argument, so to speak, and uh, they said and did things that were hurtful, and maybe they mm. weren't even aware they were doing that, but it was. Whatever happened to you that's important that that stuck with you that you know, yeah. still needs to be resolved. So that's the kind of thing that this the book tells you about what and gives you a lot of um, you know exercises to do to, to try to mm. locate whatever it was that was unresolved in that. Yeah. It's not necessarily just yeah. the whole conflict. There's always some part of the conflict that yeah. was unresolved. Maybe well, the other parts were were fine, but there's always yeah, something that stuck in your craw, so to right. speak, and you and, get that and, resolved. And one of the things you've written here, your second principle, which really I think speaks to me and I think to all of us, is you are never upset for the reasons you think you are, right? It's right. never over, well, gee, you spent too much, or I don't right. like that shirt. It's never that. It's a deeper value around our money values may be different, or I want you to present yourself well because it's image, right? I mean, it's it's much deeper than that comment. Well, it's that, and it's also uh, relates back to the first one. It usually means that you're upset because of something that was unresolved from a previous conflict that you have not resolved, and so mm-hmm. it, it it just to say. Uh, you're never upset for the reason you think you are is is just a way of getting your attention. You have to find out after that what did cause you to get upset mm. than the one you thought, the reason you thought. So Yeah, and not. also also the other one you have, when you can name it, you can tame it. I love that. Talk about that. That has helped me tremendously. Many times yeah, we don't even people, know what we're feeling, and we're just, you know, we're people, all upset and we're not even sure why. Yeah, when what you said earlier that people who have conflicts think there must be something wrong with them or right. wrong with the relationship, and so if to, to reframe that and able, help people see this is just something that didn't get resolved earlier in my life and coming back again and giving me another opportunity to resolve it, and so if you can name it that way and say this is just me trying to learn something I didn't learn earlier, and I'm going to learn it this time. Then you can change it. You can, If you name it, you can tame it. It tames whatever those feelings are that we have inside of us, that there must be something wrong with us that we're having this conflict or something wrong with our relationship. It, it gives you a different framework for looking at the conflict you're having. And so mm-hmm. it's true. Once you name it and you say, aha, that's where this comes from, it is in the process of already being changed. Yeah. Barry, can you give us an example? Um, You've given us a couple already, but maybe a couple you worked with that had some of these and and were able to work work it out through this process. Well, again, uh, if you have a conflict about money, let's talk about that, and uh, and, uh, you have... Uh, with your partner or some conflict, you have differences in the way you think about money and how you spend it and all that. And you start looking at, well, how was money treated in the family I grew up? And right. What, what kinds of right. things I told about how you handle money? Right. What kind of beliefs did I develop about money? Mm-hmm. Uh, what kinds of values do I have about money? And, and start to look there you might find the unresolved conflict that was is connected to the current conflict about money, which mm-hmm. had maybe nothing to do with the current conflict or very little to do with the, cur- the current mm-hmm. conflict about So that's an example, I would say. And if you can connect the dots and see, aha, this is where, this is why I have trouble in, uh, with uh, uh, my husband when he uh, uh, does this about money or this with money. Yeah, is this is money the biggest one? Is money the biggest conflict you come across, or are there others? 
What are the major sources, in your opinion? Money, sex, and and religion are are some of the big ones. And Mm. even with sex, I have a chapter in the book, the the ninth chapter, uh, is how to have a a, uh, conflict-free sexual relationship. (laughs) Uh, and, And there's a whole exercise on communication about sex that we uh, ask couples to do with each other, which really helps them be very, very direct and clear about what their needs are and how to get those needs met. And often in the sexual relationship, which is an area where there can be conflict, uh, if you can if you can be as clear again about what your needs are and how to get those met, uh, you have a better chance of doing that. And so that that exercise I'd be used with many couples and I found it extremely useful that, that because people just aren't comfortable sometimes talking about their sexual needs and their sexual whatever's going on sexually in their relationship and and so it comes out kind of sideways usually uh, you know people say well uh, if they want to have sex well one of the partners says well I'm too tired or whatever you know which they they try to avoid it and, and choosing a let me let me ask you a question about that. You know, like if one let, let me see, because you talked about you said sex and money and religion. Religion. Is that what you said? Right. Okay. So here's my question. Politics. If you have a very politics. strong relationship, Barry, in one of those areas, let's say your sexual relationship is very strong, or your religion, you know, you're very on the same page with religion, or you're very on the same page with um uh, what did you say? It's a money, right? You're on money. the same page. Okay. And, but, but one of the other two is off. Does one well, of them compensate for the other? Too, that I didn't mention like child rearing. Right. But <laughs> that can but be a, a major area. If but can, a, can, a good, can one of the ones that's strong help to overcompensate for the ones that are weak? That's the question. Well, uh, yes and no. Certainly having, a uh, good relationship in all the other areas gives you at least a a foundation uh, for dealing with the area that that where there is some conflict. It isn't that we don't agree with any on anything. It's just this one area we have conflict, and so we have a perspective already that says, well, you know, we found ways to get agreement on these other areas. Let's just see what we can do about getting agreement on this area. Mm-hmm. So it's more a decision, you think. You think it can be worked out. It's not about yeah, yeah. It's I mean, about most people, people are be willing. Of, of, uh, and they, they, they avoid it at all costs. The most common way that people try to resolve conflict is by avoiding it. Yeah. And the reason they yeah. do is they don't have good skills and they know it. Or they've had experiences in the past where they've been in conflict with people and they've always lost. And so they, yeah. their fear is they're going to lose again, like they did before. Yeah. And so it, if they, yeah. if that's why the book is important, because the major part of the book is about teaching couples good, solid, conflict, successful conflict resolution skills that you know work in almost every kind of conflict. Absolutely. Yeah, and I, um, but I think what you're doing is you're normalizing it for our listeners. Because as you know, people, you, you you know, you're saying, listen, this is part of it. This is part of, of having a, a successful and growing relationship, and yeah, growing. Right. I mean, growing closer to each other, right. having more intimacy, right, right, and more fun. And so, Barry, and, go ahead. Well, just the, the, I was just going to finish the sentence by saying. This is what we're all looking for in relationship, but we don't know how to get there. And we don't know that we can really, uh, we see conflict as a barrier to that, and we try to avoid it. And we yeah. try to put it, shove it under the rug, and it gets shoved under the rug so often we start tripping over the rug. <laughs> and, yeah, and we absolutely. have to deal with it. And yeah. so the quicker you can, when you see a conflict coming up, uh, and uh, the quicker you can deal with it, the better. All right. Closing thoughts, Barry, what would you like to leave our listeners with today? Well, I'm, I'm also uh, uh, part of a couple of other 
things that are that are related to this, and maybe I'll just mention those. I have a podcast that Patricia and I do uh, on finding hope, the end of suffering, which uh, is, uh, and probably you can give your listeners a a, a link to that. And uh, on that podcast, we interview people who have had a lot of suffering in their life and how they overcame it. And not only how they overcame it, but how they are now blossoming and, and often giving back in ways that uh, that help them have a mm. fulfilling life. So that's a that's a, a very big part of, of what I do, and, and, and I'm grateful I have uh, uh, you, Patricia, to help with that. Thank you. And then the Thank other you. thing I do is I have an online course called Trauma-Informed Care for Practitioners. But there's also a separate course for just the general public, teaching you how to think about the problems you're having in your life from a trauma-informed perspective. And there's a that there's a, a whole uh, and there you can find information on that course at our other website, which is uh, the Colorado Professional Development Center. the The link to that is C O P R O F. B-E-V Center, C-O-P-R-O-F-B-E-V Center dot org. And that gives you you information on the course on trauma-informed care training. Which is So those are things that I'm doing that, uh, plus I'm doing a lot of online counseling right now of of people that uh, from all over the world, uh, which uh, expands my reach. And I'm really grateful that I thank have that you. opportunity. Well, thank you, Barry. And and you can go to Barry's website, um, wineholds.org, and find the podcast, right, Finding Hope. Correct, Barry? Yes. So you can find that there. All right. Thank you so much, Barry, Dr. Barry Weinhold, for being on this program today and talking about the incredible book that you have, which is called Intimate Combat, Conflict Resolution Skills for Couples. It was an honor and pleasure to have you on, Barry. Thanks so much. Thank you, Patricia. All right. Thank you. Stay on the line for a minute. All right, folks, that wraps up this edition of the Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show right here on voiceamerica.com, America's Voice. Remember, um, you can find me, Patricia, at patriciaraskin.com if you'd like to get a copy of my newsletter and see all the amazing guests I have on. Or if you're thinking about doing your own podcasts, I help people do those. I really, because I've interviewed about 5,000 people in my work, so I really uh, love doing that and helping you put it together. And also... um, Again, you can just write to me, Patricia, patriciaraskin.com, or Facebook, Patricia Raskin, Raskin Resources. Remember, stay healthy, stay happy, get the support you need, and know that you can make your dreams come true. Until next time, I'm Patricia Raskin. Bye for now. Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of the Patricia Raskin Show. Be sure to join Patricia Raskin and another amazing guest next Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have an outstanding week.